3-2. Matt Bonaparte and John Eads coming straight from North Carolina, Charlotte, to be exact. Day two of the ACC media kickoff. It's football season almost, John, and you should be pretty excited from what we heard from Syracuse today. Oh, absolutely. If you're a Syracuse fan, you should definitely be excited. A lot of great takeaways today. A lot of inside information that we gathered by talking to the representatives and Coach Dino Babers. Uh, if, if you forgot, it was Aaron Service, uh, Taj Harris, and Josh Black representing Syracuse today. They released a lot of great information. And damn, after this, after this event, I'm excited for football season. There's nothing really left to do except go to fall camp and then kick off September 4th at Ohio. Absolutely, and don't forget about Dino Babers. He got up there first, said his spiel. We heard a lot from him. What stood out to you from the head coach? Well, of course, every year they do these events. Every coach is going to try to put a positive spin on themselves and on their program, even if they're in deep crap with, with the uh, athletic director and their job. is Well, they're on the hot seat. But today, you and I, I think, did a good job of kind of looking past that and finding the things that were important. And, and the big storylines today were uh, Dino Babers wants consistency, he understands that last year is just really, it's not going to cut it. And the players knew that as well. And you could kind of see that in their answers. And he was also really responsive with things like name, image, and likeness. And things like that, the progressive things entering the game. But the big things I took away today are that Dino Babers wants consistency in this program. And he thinks it starts this year. And I think it starts this year as well. Maybe not consistency in the way he's thinking, but... It might be consistently bad from here on out. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, we did hear a lot from Babers. We heard a lot from Black, from Service, from Harris. I think what stuck out most to me from Babers was that he was talking about the run game. It was a question you asked about the run game. And he said any of their four backs, they're confident that can be their feature back and that they can win with. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but Sean Tucker is certainly good. I don't know about Abdul Adams or Jarvion Howard, but I think I think uh, Sean Tucker is going to be very, very good in 2021. And maybe even Cooper Lutz. Yeah, he said, "Don't." I, I specifically put Cooper Lutz in my question, but the first thing out of his mouth in response was, don't forget about Cooper Lutz. You almost forgot about him, that's why. Uh, I guess I should have said maybe not an afterthought. He's definitely not. I, mean, I know this guy went off against Notre Dame last year, he had a 100-yard game. He's definitely going to factor in. I didn't really get the answer I wanted. Here's the thing. They have such a deep running back room. So what I wanted him to say, if I was Dino Babers and I was kind of controlling him and telling him what words to spit back at me, I wanted him to say, yeah, you know what? We might change the play calling up this year. We're going to try to set up the pass through the run instead of trying to set up the run through the pass because that's how it should be. This is a team that, yes, has a great receiver in Taj Harris, and we heard some things from him today, and we'll get into those. But Sean Tucker is your best player on offense. It's kind of a hot take, but I think it's a good take. He is your best player on offense. And then you got Jarvion Howard, Abdul Adams, both experienced guys coming back from opt-out. And Cooper Lutz is a bit of a wild card as well. This is your best position group on the team. That's definitely not a hot take right there. So you should be giving them the ball as much as possible. Matt Bonaparte and John Eads coming straight from Charlotte, North Carolina. ACC kickoff. It was all very exciting. Uh, and how it worked was each team would get up to the podium in the big ballroom. Each, All four of the team's representative would, would be questioned by the media, and then they would go off into the breakout rooms. I was in the ballroom. John, you were in the breakout rooms, and especially for Syracuse, it's where you can really ask as many questions as you want because they're not exactly like Clemson where uh, every single media member is just jumping uh, to get a question. And so what was something you heard in there uh, that was really uh, exciting or something that stood out, maybe about recruits or, or just the team this year? So many different things. And yeah, the breakout rooms, go were, off, man. The just breakout go rooms off. were great. They were so great. You could just sit there 
and have one-on-ones with the guys and literally just talk about anything. You can just sit there and have a conversation about their lives. You know, what do you like to do in your free time? But I tried to stick to the business side of things because that's what we were there for after all. I heard a couple of great things that Syracuse fans would be excited about. I asked Taj Harris about the secondary and, you know, how they're looking. He said the young guys are looking great. They're putting in that work. And then I specifically asked about Deuce Chestnut, and he left him out of that original answer when I was asking about the DBs. He's like, oh, that's my boy. That's that's my boy from Jersey. And he said uh, he's coming along very strong. He's been moving up the depth chart all offseason. And then I asked him if he could be an instant impact player for Syracuse early on. He said yes, most definitely. So I'd be really excited if I'm a Syracuse fan about Deuce Chestnut. And make sure you find all of that coverage over on Twitter at Orange Fizz as well on our website, orangefizz.net. We've got a content media hub page over there where you can find every article John and I have posted. And on the Twitter page, you can find all the interviews that John is referring to as he did record them. Now, while you were off in the breakout rooms, I was in the big ballroom listening to every single team's spiel. Uh, let me tell you what I heard. It was a lot of questions about, one, the new NIL rules, and two, about the potential of the college football playoff expansion. Uh, the Most of the answers that stuck out to me were from Dabo Sweeney, the historic and future Hall of Fame uh, coach at Clemson, especially his NIL uh, response. As one media member asked him by prefacing it with, I know you're apprehensive about this, or at least were. And Dabo said, I was never apprehensive about this. I don't want to professionalize collegiate athletics. That's what he said. Uh, And he said that he would always feel that way. But he said the new NIL rules are a no-brainer. All of these guys should be able to get paid for stuff on the side. Uh, And I think that that's really been the trend that we're hearing with a lot of these coaches. They all seem to think that it only makes sense for these guys to be able to be paid. We heard that from Mac Brown yesterday who said all he needed was a little bit of an explainer and clicked and it made exact sense for him. Of course, these guys should be paid. What Dabo said today was he worked every single day when he was in college. He he did had multiple jobs. He was working every one of his uh, personal hours. And these kids should be able to do the same when they're not doing schoolwork or when they're not on the football field. Um, I tend to agree. So that was big from Dabo. You had a similar answer from Dave Clawson and a lot of the other coaches today. It was a trend, of course, as it is the biggest news of the summer, I'd say, within college athletics. And then as for the college football playoff expansion talk, Dabo was kind of the head of that too. He was saying he wasn't even for the 14 playoff when that was a discussion back in the day. Now he does. He, he said that it doesn't really matter that coaches really shouldn't be giving opinions on this at this point because it's inevitable and it's kind of a waste of time. Um, and I think he's right, but I also think he's right that it probably shouldn't happen just because it's such a toll on the players. And that is the point that he made that if you're going to make these guys play another game, you got to at least look at shortening the regular season. I think that's entirely viable. When Matt Brockhorst, the offensive lineman uh, guy from Clemson, came up, one of their representatives, he said another question was asked to him similar about the college football playoff. And he said, I share Coach Sweeney's sentiment. I think that if you are going to expand the college football playoff, which again, is inevitably going to happen as fans continue to ask for it and money continues to drive in that direction, you've got to look at at shortening the regular season because it is just too much for, for college athletes. And Sweeney said, you know, a lot of guys say it's just one more game, but when you get to that point and it is the most pivotal game of the season, 
you got to think about these kids who are going up against the most elite talent at that level in the country. It's not just any other game. This is the biggest game they've ever played in their lives. You can't just add one more, and I entirely agree with him. And it's kind of it kind of just plays back into what he says. He doesn't want to professionalize college sports. Well, if you add the 12-team playoff, you're getting closer and closer to what the NFL is, like 17, Absolutely. 18 games a season, and they're not getting compensated for all that effort and time. Well, that's the other thing is if you're going to make them – play for that long then you're going to have to start giving him salaries and that's exactly what Dabo Sweeney is against so that was a lot of the talk inside the big ballroom today did you hear anything from the non-Syracuse ACC teams in those breakout rooms that you'd like to share John yeah I every every single guy I asked I tried to ask a Syracuse specific question so how do you game plan against the Syracuse defense uh, how do you game plan against the Syracuse offense? What kind of a wrench does a 3-3-5 odd man front throw to you? I asked several quarterbacks that question, and they said it's a big challenge. You know, you have to match up. Uh, you have to change your offensive blocking scheme. You have to get the run game going. It's very difficult to play against a 3-3-5. And most of the guys that I, I talked to and, you know, referenced Syracuse, they said, yeah, they gave us a pretty big challenge. Their defense was tough for us to move the ball against, except for Clemson. Uh, Matt Bockhorst, who you already mentioned, uh, said you know the, the Orange didn't really give them too particular of a challenge that he could remember. Now, I tend to disagree because that was a close game for three quarters. But nonetheless, I tried to ask Syracuse-related questions. And I even talked to a Louisville linebacker, C.J. Avery, about how Syracuse does not use the tight end in the receiving game and how that changes your game as a linebacker, how that changes your defense. He said it makes you so easy to game plan and scheme for because the coaches will just send blitzes. They'll just sit back in zone coverage. And he went as far to say, yeah, Syracuse is pretty easy to game plan against. So that's a big problem. If I'm here, if I'm Dino Babers, if I'm Sterling Gilbert, if I'm Tommy DeVito, if I'm Garrett Schrader, anybody in that offensive room and I hear that, I mean, what are we doing? You're really easy to game plan against. That means uh, that means your offense is terrible, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what I want to hear if I'm Dino Babers either, so maybe he shouldn't listen to all your interviews. Um, but that's all we got from ACC kickoff, unless you want to add one more thing, John. I see it in your eyes. I got so much to add. You know how I am. I also got some good information from Aaron Service about Enrique Cruz. Uh, says he'll probably redshirt this year, the incoming four-star, but says he'll have a big impact in the future. Uh, I talked to... You know, I, I talked to Josh Black about Deuce Chestnut, uh, agreed with Taj Harris's sentiments and said there's a lot of guys stepping up on the defensive line to provide some depth there. So really, I, I'm just, if I'm a Syracuse fan, I'm coming out of today super excited, but make sure you curtail that excitement, guys, because again, you got to remember Syracuse won six games out of the past 23. They can only get better, yes, but like Bones and I have been saying, the ACC as a whole is also getting better. But you know what, we're going to have a ton more coverage throughout the offseason, and all that's left to do is see the Orange play and they kick off against Ohio on the 4th. Yep. So. And we will have more coverage this week upcoming uh, from ACC kickoff. John and I have had a great time down here in Charlotte, but it is all wrapping up now. Make sure you head over to Twitter at OrangeFizz for John's interviews and go on our website, orangefizz.net, to hear all or to see all of our articles and see what we have to say and what the coaches and players had to say about it. For John Eads, I'm Matt Bonaparte. We'll see you next time.